Hi, my name is Ed Kozell, and welcome to Conversations with Calistoga, a periodic set of podcasts covering events, topics, and people relevant to our community. Today, I'm speaking with Aaron Smith-Hagberg, superintendent of the Calistoga Joint Unified School District. This is Aaron's third year in the position, having come from Lake County, where she served for 12 years as the school superintendent. Aaron, it's a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you for inviting me. It's an honor to be here. So perhaps as a, some background for people who are listening and, and for those who don't know you, could you tell me a bit about yourself, uh, you know, what, where you grew up, uh, how you chose to come into education? You, you have spent your career in education, I believe. I have. This is my 34th year. Well, you don't look it, so <laughs> congratulations. So where were you born? I was born in Placerville, California, and mm -hmm. spent the first few years of my life there with my parents, who are both teachers. They then uh, moved to Bend for a short period of time, and then we finally settled in Susanville, which is a small community in the Sierras. And I spent my entire childhood in Susanville, went to school there K-12, uh, with my parents teaching at the local middle school. So education really does run deep in the family. I spent many, many nights listening to uh, school talk at the dinner table. And ha that must have affected how you, how you look upon the challenge of teaching children and how you do it. It made me um, a strong believer in public education and that every child should have the opportunity for a free education. Well said. And you... Um, you came to Lakeport and you settled in Lakeport for a number of years. You raised your children there, I think. We did. We spent actually 30 years in Lakeport. Uh, we're thrilled with the educational system and like the fact that both my husband and I worked in the educational system, so we were able, obviously, to keep a close eye on our boys throughout their entire educational career. And Lakeport and Calistoga, uh, they dif different counties, clearly different school districts, but, but they, they frequently interact with each other, don't they? They do, and the size of the communities is very similar, about 5,000 people in each community. Um, that school district was about half the size, however, of Calistoga. I wanted to ask you, when, when you came to Calistoga, anytime somebody starts a job, there's always a, an image of, of the, that job that challenges the opportunities. But then you, you, we get into the job itself and, and the realities. Uh, you know, the image rarely matches the reality. And that's not a positive or a negative judgment. It's just the fact that the situation on the ground rarely matches what we have, the image we have in our head. How has it been for you? What, what images did you have when you came here? And how, what are the facts on the ground that you found? Actually, I think they were very similar because I had done a lot of research on the community. I had been visiting Calistoga for probably 25 years. Um, I would meet a girlfriend here and we would enjoy the spas and wine tasting and good food. And so I felt I had a really good sense of the community. Um, I didn't know the district probably as well as the community, but um, 
in the job search that was done for the superintendent's position, uh, they had hired a search consultant who took a lot of time to interview uh, community members, parents, and students, staff members, just to get an indication of what kind of leader they were looking for and what they felt um, were the, the concerns, um, the strengths and the weaknesses of the district. So in doing that research, um, I felt I had a pretty clear picture um, of the community and the district when I moved here. And did you set specific goals for yourself when you took the job? Absolutely, and those goals were also um, based on uh, the input that had been given by the community. So um, the school board, as part of the process of searching for a new superintendent, had asked for a 90-day plan, a transition plan. And so, in working on that plan, I looked to see, you know, what, what the positives were about the district and where the areas were, of growth were. And so, those became my goals for that first 90 days. And the biggest, um, there were a few ahas um, in, look, in looking at the uh, information. And the first was that there was a concern about um, the community's um, perception of the district and just the relationship between the district and the community. So that became my first goal, is to try to bridge that. Uh, there was also a concern about communication within the district and just the level of trust that needed to um, exist between uh, district level staff and then the staff in general. So that was my second goal. And then the third goal was to work on um, just improving student achievement, mm -hmm. which is often a goal and or should be a goal in every school district. You said that the Lakeport and Calistoga districts are roughly the same size. Wh how many students are in the California uh, Calistoga uh, Unified School District now? We have 860 students right now and it's been steady for the last few years and we just did a demographic study and it looks like we will have uh, consistent enrollment in the next in the following years. Okay, oh, that's good to, good to hear. It's important to plan for how many students you're going to have. No, it is. It is. But th there's always uh, the, the benefits of having a, you know, thriving families in the area. So it's good. Um, so you have, you are married to another educator. And, and um, I understand your husband is, is now retired, I think. But he donates his time to the Palisades high school. He does. Uh, when I first heard that, I was confused about what the Palisades High School was. Perhaps that's because I don't have high school students anymore. But could you tell me a bit about that and, and uh, how old it is and the, and the purpose of that high school? Certainly. So he volunteers at Palisades. It's a continuation high school. And um, districts have continuation high schools uh, for kids who need an alternative education other than the comprehensive high school. So our program is extremely small. Um, we have anywhere, sometimes we've had as few as two students, um, and I think our max this year has been up to 10 students. And students um, choose to go to that particular program because for whatever reason, the trans traditional program is not working for them. Mm -hmm. So it could be that they need smaller class sizes, um, they need to make up credits, they might be having uh, social emotional problems that they need a, you know, just a smaller class environment. Um, they could have behavioral challenges. Uh, they could have attendance challenges. 
and there it's a fluid program so once a student begins the program that doesn't necessarily mean that they need to graduate from Palisades um, they can move back into the junior senior high school whenever they feel it's time for them to do so or if the administration feels it's time for them to do so and my husband had been uh, a continuation teacher for the last seven years of his his career and so when we moved to Calistoga he really wanted to give back in some way and, and stay connected to education so that's why he has chosen to to volunteer there he also volunteers at the nursery school in town too <laughs> so it's opposite <laughs> ends for the uh, age absolutely what is your vision between uh, the interaction between Calistoga residents and the and the school district and, and and are we are we executing we as a community executing to your vision I think um, the relationship between the community at this point and our district far exceeds my expectations or my original expectations um, we have incredible support. Uh, we have individuals that come in and, and read to kids, you know, once a week. We have uh, the nuns from the monastery come in and tutor individual children. Uh, we have our chief of police who comes in and, and provides programs. We have organizations like Rotary and the Seroptimists who provide not only financial resources, but they um, lead programs for the district. So we have lots and lots of community support for our kindergarten through um, 12th grade programs. I think in moving forward, my vision would be um, to expand beyond 12th grade for those kids who are entering college. There are always uh, students who choose to study out of district, but we appear to have a number of students who attend high school outside of Calistoga. Should we pay attention to this? I think that, um, first of all, every every school, if you have um, policies that allow, uh, have inter-district transfers. And so we have kids, obviously, that transfer into our district as well as transfer out. And you should always pay attention to both ends, which kids are coming in and why are they coming into the district and which ones are moving out and where are they going out. So I think you always look to retain as many kids as you can, but you understand, um, especially in a small school district, that you cannot possibly provide um, programs that are gonna meet the needs of every single family or every single student. So you work to um, expand your programs as much as you can and then make those you know, outstanding programs. So we have in our district programs that other districts don't you know, offer right now. Um, but there are also programs we don't have, um, I could name like agriculture, that some kids in our district who are living with our district, um, they want to pursue a viticulture career. Um, it's not feasible for us to suddenly establish an ag program. So we have other career technical education programs. So um, if we're going to lose that particular student to a nearby school because they offer a program that is very important to that child, then the parent needs to obviously pursue that transfer but we are always looking to improve our programs and attract you know new families to to our district do you or the school district participate in the the permanent conversations about affordable housing because there's a clearly a relationship between affordable housings and young families being able to live in this area and young families and education of course want to go together 
Yeah, I think that's definitely a barrier for young families right now. Um, the majority of my teachers cannot afford to live in the district. Um, we have actually very few teachers that live in the district. So I think that it, that's a huge concern. Um, it truly, I think, is a future goal of mine, but there have been other things that I focused on, Ed, um, in the last, you know, this first three of the years. But I think that's a conversation that our school board would be interested in having at some point. Um, I've certainly talked to city officials about it, just informally, mm -hmm. but there have not been, since my tenure, formal conversations uh, about how to expand that or how to work together, the, the two organizations. How are you personally organizing your life and work uh, during this SARS-CoV-2 quarantine period? Beyond the obvious difficulties and complexities that we've all read about remote schooling and all that, has anything positive emerged? In relation to um, the community or in relation to the district? We know how difficult it has been to organize remote schooling and to put it into place, but has anything good come of that? Have we? I think within the school system, at least within our local school system, um, it has been a great opportunity for teachers to expand their own learning. Um, I think we're a little bit ahead of the curve in that our students were very familiar with technology and our teachers were familiar with technology, but, um, you know, infusing it into your classroom is very different than all of a sudden um, you're teaching strictly through remote learning. So it has um, given them an opportunity to stretch. It has not been easy, but they have done a remarkable job of stepping up and trying to do the best that they possibly can to ensure the you know, continuity of instruction for our students. Um, and that's one of our goals for uh, this summer is provide more professional development for, for teachers uh, around remote learning because we are anticipating that we are going to need to continue that in the fall. Is there any clarity that you can share with us now about the state of summer education? I guess the fall is, is not clear yet, but what, what will happen this summer? Right now as a district, we are in the process of serving families um, whose kids may need intervention as a result of this particular circumstance or uh, that we knew you know, previously might need some extra support during the summer. However, uh, we are a little bit concerned that you know, families may be exhausted at this point as far as remote learning is concerned. So we are going to individually call the families of the students we think that could use the extra support and just ask whether or not, you know, are they willing to participate in a summer program? And if so, we will offer one. Um, as far as the fall is concerned, um, we are all waiting <laughs> to find out from the governor and our Napa County Health Officer, you know, what the restrictions are going to be um, for the fall. But we are going to prepare ourselves for possibly blended learning so that we can, you know, come in and out of uh, remote learning as necessary. I guess there have been several models that I've read about that are being kicked around where some kids might come to school, others might be remote, and, uh, or everyone's one or the other, I guess. Well, first and foremost is, you know, our kids have to be safe, and so yes. we need to plan around how to keep them safe. So after three years, how do you and your family feel uh, about Calistoga? Um, honestly, there's no place we'd rather live. Mm -hmm. um, it exceeded our expectations um, as a family. 
and uh, we're enormously grateful <laughs> that we that we live here. I, I think one of the things that's been most appealing to us is there seems to be um, a little bit of an unspoken expectation that when you live here, you need to in some way um, participate or give back to the greater community. And that is very appealing to us because um, I think that it, it takes a village and unless every single person is willing to give in, in one way or another, you can't have that village. So we can't imagine ourselves anywhere else right now. So you feel integrated with the community? Then. Very much so, very much so. And, and I, I credit you know, specific individuals who, when we first moved here, really made an effort um, to help me integrate into the community, both as a superintendent and also just as a, you know, a community member who's living here. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're very grateful to those, those people. Three years. Now, this year has been chaotic, but um, when you I imagine at the end of every year you kind of assess where you are and think about your goals for the next year. What, if you don't mind sharing uh, some of what your goals might be for the next few years? Um, you know the landscape. Uh, you're sort of armed and dangerous, so to speak. <laughs> and uh, what, what, uh, what might those goals be? Well, first, and this is <laughs> was would not have been necessarily a goal, you know, up until the the pandemic. But I, I think there is more room for, um, you know, distance learning and the regular program. I, I think there have been advantages to it. Some kids have excelled in, in this particular model. So looking at can we continue a blended model um, for years to come? Would that be an advantage to kids? We've also talked about um, a variety of new programs um, at both schools. Um, one of them that we, we've been interested in is possibly um, teaching, uh, allowing Spanish instruction in the elementary grades. I think that we advantage to all kids. Um, and then I mentioned, just touched upon earlier, um, getting the community involved in supporting our students uh, once they leave uh, 12th grade. So I think they, we provide a tremendous amount of support to kids with our college and career center um, as kids are preparing for either college or career. And um, what's different about this particular community or uh, other small communities is that um, our students have been prepared, but these kids have lived in Calistoga, most of them their entire lives, and they have not had exposure outside of Calistoga to another educational system or another community, and so it sometimes is difficult for them when they make that transition to UC Davis and they're suddenly in this 30,000 student you know, organization and um, a much larger community, there's no support and they haven't had, their parents hadn't had the college experience sometimes and so they don't know how to support their child. So I would like to partner with an organization or somebody in the community to develop a mentoring program to support those kids in the first couple years of college so that they have somebody else to turn to to say, you know, who do I contact if I'm struggling in my poli-sci class or, you know, what do I do if I have this situation? I think that would be a huge advantage to our particular kids. Very good. Those are just a few of the goals I have. Erin, <laughs> thank you very much for your time this afternoon. I wish you the best. Thank you, Ed. Thank you for asking me.